From urban life to hip-hop and sports and everything in between, this is a podcast inspired by and for the culture. Episode 5. Another installment of La Cultura. That was my baby boy Angel on the intro. What's going on, Ant? You got you got the kid involved in the family business now. <laughs> What's good, man? So football is back, bro. Yeah. What you mean? I'm yeah. Excited, like you're not. You're excited, bro. You got your giant gear on right now. What are you talking about? I, mean, I got the hat on because I got like 80 hats, but in the Sunday, so I'm watching rocking the Giants thing, even though we don't play until Monday. But I'm just interested to in see how this really works out with no crowd. Like Kansas City had some people. They're going to have some people, yeah. No, no, no. They said the other ones, they shouldn't have any. Kansas City had some, I guess, because of the home open or whatever. They said the other crowd. You know, the like, Florida teams are going to have them. I'm expecting what, the Florida people? teams to have, like, the full capacity. <laughs> nah, they, they're already killing themselves. So I don't know when to do that. Giant Stadium, there's nobody. Uh, I think when New Orleans plays later, they, the Superdome is going to be closed, so. They I might just want to see do how those to... virtual fans, bro. I mean, no, because I think it's easier with virtual fans if you have a stadium that's like twenty thousand to thirty thousand. You have like a sixty thousand seat stadium. That's a lot of placards be putting up all over the place. I mean, they just got to do something with the angles and the people there. Well, not no. Obviously, there are going to be no people there, but the placement. I, I know they, they're like they'll crank up the noise and stuff to give it the feel to help out both teams because you can't have a quiet team. The other teams like saying the audibles and everything else today is it's too too obvious. So they'll turn the, the sound up a little bit, but we'll see what they do with the angle. What if they turn the what if they turn the sound down for the opposing team? Is that like legal? You t- <laughs> no, you, you can't. Nah. Here, all, here, all the audibles and everything. Yeah, because because everybody has audibles on the offensive side and the defensive side, so everyone's going to hear everything. So they got to turn it up where you can, you know, it's it's muffled. Mm. But they have the mics pointing towards the players, like you know, you, you can hear them, like Blue Seventeen, yada yada yada, stuff like that. But I would put cheers for the home team, and I would just leave it dead silent for the off for the opposing team. <laughs> but and, and I'm just I'm just not excited about the NFL because the NFL is back in ABS. So, like I said, they had they said we're going to put Black Lives Matter and end racism in the end zones. Right. They meant that they put that in the back back of the end zone, like where you can't even notice them, like. Oh, so you can put this little print here. Are we good to go? <laughs> okay. All right. What did you feel? How did you feel about the first game where uh, the players were like locking arms from the Chiefs, and uh, the Houston guys just stayed in the back? No, the, the Houston guys stayed in the back when they did the, the anthems. Right. When they did the I, anthems, the, they, the only they, problem they I have with that is let me see what they're doing back there. Put a camera back there. Are they kneeling? Are they just chilling out? Are they sitting down? Are they standing for the like? Put a camera back there. And let us see what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's nah. a cop out to me. Like we're just gonna stay in the back, so you know, so Trump can't see us. Like, nah. No, we're we gonna stay in the back because, like, we're not we're not gonna try to like define who sits or who kneels because we're making it very clear. It has it has nothing to do with this anthem. It has nothing to do with that at all. Right. But you guys want to see when you play the anthem. What are you guys gonna do? Are you gonna kneel? They're gonna stand. Is that what does that mean? Well, if I'm not here, then you're not gonna worry about that answer. You can sit there and just do it for yourself. And I wonder what they're doing in the locker room, but. Don't care about this. Put like, a camera back there. And then when they come no, out, they all they all did the moment of silence or whatever, right? They all held held arms. And they and they booed. What what was that about? That's that's the most American thing I gotta think of. <laughs> Cause, Cause like cause Ryan Clark said it. He like, you know, when they come out and they if they locked arms and it's for autism, everybody would cheer. If it was for cancer or cancer research, everybody would cheer. Yep. Like this is a this is a a a, a like real specific Peaceful protest, like civil like rights, we basically. Like, like we literally stand against racism, and we're all, we are in this together. So we're locking arms. There are people that still boo because this is America, and that's what they do. Anything regarding race or race relations in this country, you're just going to not get people to agree upon, or they're going to try to put themselves into a conversation which their opinions, thoughts, and 
everything to that degree just does not matter. Like I don't I don't care what you think. I don't care like, well, all lives matter, but we're not talking about that. We keep trying to duck a point and duck a conversation. And like I said, when when they booed him, like I'm kind of I wasn't really surprised by that. That's pretty much what I expected of people because it's what they've been doing all along. I mean, I was surprised that I ain't see that many people kneeling. Matter of fact, I think I only saw one player kneel, and he put, you know, he did the fist pump in the air, and he was on, and he was on one knee. I was expecting to see more. You know, was I off base by by thinking that? I was expecting uh, to see like a bunch of players kneeling just because. I, I mean, it's the first game of the season, and I mean, there, there's there's a bunch that's going to go on today, and I think you kind of get to the point like. If you kneel or you stand, it doesn't really define where you are in regards to this. We're kind of at the point either you are with us or against us. And there's really no middle ground in regards to it. Because we, we kneeled before and you guys made it about something else. When the point of kneeling was, was capping it, trying to bring attention to, to police brutality. Right. And now, you know, we have um, protests all over the country, all over the world. In regards to police brutality, and like I said, it still keeps continuing. Like I said, just recently with James um, Hicka Blake, sorry. Um, so you're not really expecting people to really kind of get it or understand because we, we and Kat made it clear, like, I am kneeling, not in disrespect to the flag, but to draw attention to something that I find is very delicate and is very deleterious to my community, which is police brutality. The same thing happened when, when, when Carlos Smith put his fist up at, at the Olympics. Like I said, they try to see he's disrespecting the flag. No, he's just, he's drawing attention to a particular matter. But you guys, like, you'll hide behind this image, this idealism, this cloth, and think that, you know, this is a representation of the United States and its ideals. That flag was no more a representation of the United States than those people booing. You have the right to boo, and you have the right to do so in this country because, you know, the laws provide you to do so. But we also understand that, you know, you are just people who are not understanding that this is a country built upon systemic racism and that it has been a bane to people of color for for generations beyond that. So therefore, All right, well, it's going to be what's going to be. Staying on the topic of, of Kaepernick, he's now included in the new Madden game. Now, you know how I feel about Kaepernick, bro. Like, I was with him when he first started this whole movement. The whole kneeling... He was wearing the shirts and the different, you know, the socks or whatever. To, to That was his way of expressing himself. But ever since that, ever since the league gave him the hush money, and you really haven't heard from him since, and he's been capitalizing on this Nike deals, and now he's, and now he's on the new video game of Madden, which, you know, he's been out of the league for what, four years now, five years? Four. And now he's on the, I think this is just another money grab for him. Um, what are your thoughts of him being included in the new Madden game? Um, I don't necessarily think that is a money grab. I, at this point, I don't think that what Kaepernick does is about the money because if if it was, you would see a lot more Colin Kaepernick merchandise and his face plastered all over the place. He pre- pretty much kind of, when you think about it, low key. Um, it appears when he appears, like when he's trying to like work towards getting the, the job in uh, the NFL or wherever he liked to play. Um, I don't put any blame on Colin Kaepernick. I put I put blame and onus on EA. Like I said, this is no different. Like, like it wasn't as if Colin Kaepernick was out of the league. Like Colin Kaepernick has been officially a free agent for the past four years. It's not like he was banned or he couldn't do anything. Like anyone could have signed him at any time because he was a free agent. So any team could have picked him up. So over the past few Maddens, they could have had Colin Kaepernick out there as a free agent. They decided not to do so. Now, not only did they put him in here now, they put him as I think like as like almost just below the top tier or like, right. What's his what's so his ranking? I think he's an eighty-one. You see, that's crazy to me. Granted, I know he's probably still better right now. He's probably still better than a lot of quarterbacks that are currently in the league. But can you imagine being in the video game, being you know? Let's say uh, Daniel Jones or Ryan Tannehill or being one of these guys. Cam Kyler Murray. And he's probably ranked higher than some of these guys. He's ranked ranked higher than all of them. Okay, so look at that. You're in the league. You're busting your ass. This guy hasn't played in a real game in four years. He comes in. 
He has a higher ranking than you. He's getting paid more than you. You could rest assured he's getting paid more than you to be in this game. He probably has all type of exclusive rights. <laughs> you know, he's getting paid just for them using his name and his image in the video game. How would that make you feel, bro, as a current player? I would probably have a problem with it. I don't know because I don't know what what his compensation was. And I am not in a space or mood to garnish anyone's money. As a matter of fact, we said Cam, Ryan Tannehill, what, Kyler Murray, who else we say? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, okay. All right, like, like the guys making the least of those four guys that we named are pretty much Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray because they're rookies. Because they're rookies, right. Right. Well, but, I mean, they, they're rookies and they have endorsement deals. And Cam and Ryan Tannehill, they make up uh, upwards above $15 million a year as of now. Um, not including whatever residual money they may get from what, however the likeness is used. So I'm not saying that Kaepernick is out here making $10 million. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get in that man's pockets. I don't really concern myself with those kind of thoughts. The things that I, I really bothers him to me about this whole thing is that you, like I said, he's been a free agent and you, you never put him on, on a, the game to put him on a roster so he could play. You put him back in there and you put him above uh, other, other players, other quarterbacks. Okay. I don't know if that was just a movie. You guys just trying to be genuine. Like, you know, we still believe that he has it, but if you still believe that he had it, you should have put him in there, you know, the past three iterations of this game. It's a marketing ploy. It's silly. It's silly. It's silly. And it, it's, it's one of those things where, I guess the most annoying thing about it all, like like when he scores, he celebrates and puts up a black fist. I get it. I That's understand. what happens in the game? Yeah. His, his, his signature celebration is that when he scores, he, he puts up the black power fist. Hmm. Now I'm like, okay, I kind of understand your inclusion of him. I do have a problem with this now because you don't have that for any other player. Just him. And it seems ridiculous and counterproductive for everything that you've done, EA specifically, for not including this man in the game at all. And because the momentum and the way that society is, the things that, you know, do things like Black Lives Matter or in racism or whatever terminology that people want to use and go forward with. Now you want to put him in the game and use him as a symbol. And I am I'm kind of tired of, of symbols of things. I'm tired of symbols of love. I'm tired of symbols of unity. Like, I, I understand and I agree with those that say Black Lives Matter, but I, I am really appreciative of those who really go by and understand the ideals of it. I don't like people who just say it or put it on a T-shirt or, or put it on a um, a website or their Twitter feed or the Instagram page. Just, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter and don't really understand what it really means and right. what the purpose of it is behind. Like, I, I don't I don't like the commercialization of a civil rights movement. That's as simple as I can put it. I don't like the commercialization of a civil rights movement. That's exactly what it seems like we're doing. It's like we're, we're we're trying to win hashtags and not freedom and not, you know, laws and other protections that people of color deserve. It's just it's the weirdest thing. Right. We're just trying to get likes. You know, you could put an all black screen up as your profile picture on social media. But what are you actually doing for the cause? You know what I mean? And that's the problem I've always had. That's the problem I had before when I said, you know, the players are sitting out a game. Are they going to actually do something, though? Or are they just going to play the next day? You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I get it. But I, I think with a situation like that, regardless of the players, it can't be monumental. Those things, like everything else in life, is all incremental. It's step by step, little by little. If you make a mistake or you fuck up or you do something, I want to make sure I correct this. But I cannot do one thing to fix everything. Right. As a matter of fact, the thing with, like with Black Lives Matter and racism and everything else to this degree, it's just difficult to see black people out here doing the shit because it's not our fault. It's, it's not us. It's really not us. So it's ridiculous that we kind of keep going back and forth like this. Like, we ain't the problem. Like, but y'all keep putting it upon us as the onus to us to kind of fix it. Like, nah, man, y'all mess this up. Y'all y'all should fix this. And we keep bringing it to y'all attention. You keep trying to distract us with other things like, you know, Colin Kaepernick put up a, a, a fist in a video game. Like, that's not a solution, man. That's just a gesture. We get sick of gestures. And, I, you know, and of course, the game is going to be 60 or 70 bucks. <laughs> so EA Sports mm-hmm. is just trying to capitalize off of what's going on right now, societally, you know, um, with the whole black movement. Like, Let's put this figure in one of our sports game. He's been a polarizing figure on the, in this movement for years now. Let's put him in the game. We're going to we're going to pay him a nice chunk of change and we're going to charge these kids 60 or 70 bucks. And, you know, we're on our way. 
I wonder I wonder if, I wonder what the stats will say like will will less people get the game or more people get the game because he's in it. Yeah, I'm sure. Is he's not on the cover though, right? No, no, no. It's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's that Madden curse. But I'm sure they're gonna have like a special limited edition with Kaepernick on the cover, the gold edition, this and that for an extra ten dollars. You know, like they used to do with the basketball ones when they did with Kobe and they would put like different people on the cover. If they do that, that's highly problematic. Then, then, then I really have a problem because it sounds like you guys are kind of trying to, you know, really They're trying to monetize. But that, but that's what it is, man. Come on now, you know how it is. Yeah, I mean, you can monetize off of something, but I mean, monetize anything else. Don't like I said, my my problem and biggest issue is you should not monetize movements. Don't like, like, don't do this shit to sell more T-shirts or sell more like. Don't, but that's what these conglomerates do. do. That's what these companies do, bro. Nike was quick to jump on the bandwagon and, you know, grab and sign Kaepernick to a deal and make the sneakers, you know, for $200 plus each. You know what I'm saying? What I want to read up on is what, what are these companies doing for the movement? You know, are they contributing to the cause? Are they donating to certain organizations? Like, what are they actually doing besides I mean, using I mean, the name just to, you know, to make to, to sell their product? I mean, that was the thing. Even with like the Kaepernick condition, uh, condition, the Kaepernick collection, like it was the the funds were going to be donated to causes and everything else to that degree. But I mean, that's just one thing. It's a bunch of other things that you know that need proper funding. The NAACP, the ACLU, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 need to kind of keep some type of funds for all these protesters who are adamantly against police brutality who keep getting arrested you know like i said at the time when it was really at its peak earlier the summer people out there bailing them out like that's awesome that's what the money is supposed to be used for it's supposed to help and support the cause but it's, it's not supposed to be used as a capitalist thing to just be be funded by or make t-shirts out of or yeah. stuff like that it seems it just it seems kind of productive it doesn't help well, since we're in the topic of polarizing NFL players, <laughs> did you hear the rumors about uh, Odell Beckham? You know, I guess one of his mistresses or one of these Instagram models came out and was talking about her relationship with him and how he likes to. Uh, how, how do I put this? Uh, he likes brown showers. Is that like is that a correct term? <laughs> he likes to be defecated on. <laughs> well, I didn't want to be that vulgar, but okay, yes. I could have said the other word, but you said calm it down, so I'm trying. He actually tweeted He actually tweeted something about, you know, like, uh, what did he say? Like, people need to stop shitting on me or something. He, he goes, actually, I got the tweet up. He says, can't knock me off my pivot no matter what shit's thrown my way. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> so, and that comes in the midst of another rumor where... And again, these are just rumors. I'm just having fun with them. I don't, I'm not saying I believe these things, but everybody's entitled to their own private sex, you know, fetishes or whatever. But there was another rumor about Joe Button, and now he likes, you know, he likes messing around with dogs and stuff. It was one one, one of his chicks came out, and we'll get to Joe Button later because there's, there's there's a lot of things coming out about him as well. But it's like, and, and when the Giants traded Odell Beckham or let him go, like I was happy. You know, I was telling you, like, yo, we don't need him. We've won championships without him. We've been trashed with him. We can be trashed without him. He's just a headache. He's always in the news. There's always something about him. He did this. He said this. You know what I mean? Like, good riddance, bro. Just not the type of attention that we need. Especially this when ain't got nothing to do with him. Right. But it's just, it's just another example of how he's always, you know, in the media and not in a good way. But it, but it's not his fault. He didn't say anything about this. It's not his fault that okay, well, that, someone took some intimate details or whatever. He may or may not be interested in. It got nothing to do with him. I, I can see, I can see if he caused this. If he was out there, the one that said this or something else like that. I guess something went down with this young lady, and she says that he yeah. prefers some particular acts, and she said this, and it became a big thing. But it had nothing to do with him. It wasn't him out here in the streets. It wasn't out here him out looked like he might have been doing coke or something like that. It was her version of what might have occurred, and that's it. Not a distraction if it got nothing to do with you. And this is why I've always said, and I will continue to say this, that when it comes to off-field antics and when it comes to dating as a celebrity, the GOAT is and always will be Derek Jeter. Good for him. 
they need these athletes. He he should probably you know have like some type of course or some type of, of, of website dedicated to teaching these celebrities and these athletes how to play the field, how to play the game, bro, and how to stay out of the limelight, how to stay out of trouble. You know, make these girls sign non disclosures or something. Like Jeter did it right. You never heard nothing about him in his twenty year career. Is he married now? Who is? Is Derek Jeter married now? Jeter Je- is married and he has kids now. Yes. Right. So, so whatever he did in the past, no one cares. He don't care. And I'm, I'm not teaching nobody that part of whatever my life was because I'm past that point of my life. I am, a, I'm a grown, loving husband with right. children. Like, but, I, like. But what well, I'm saying is, it, these athletes can learn a thing or two from that. No, nah, they got to learn on their own. But no, it's, it's not that. Is I don't necessarily necessarily think is the athlete is that if you deal with a particular kind of person. Sometimes this stuff happens. It's not like, and I'm not trying to denigrate the young lady. It's more in the sense that her fame really is from like social media. It's not as if she's an actress or someone else who's, I would guess you say, quote unquote, mainstream media, who, you know, who's properly trained, who, you know, who plays the game, who's in, no, they they know how it is and what it is. Not one of those people. It's, It's a lot of people here who are more, you know, internet famous than actual famous. And I think this is one of those young things who's like internet famous. So she's not properly, you know, trained. I don't think she has like a PR staff that kind of <laughs> tells her, you know, how to break this down or what or what not to do. She's going to go about this because she doesn't quite fully understand the trappings of fame. She feels, and most internet people of fame will feel this way, that infamy is just as important as anything else. If I'm known for doing something, I'm technically famous, even if I don't know how to do anything else. So if if this is what she's going to be famous for, then that's just going to be on her. But nothing else is really going to matter because it's really upon her. It's just that his name happened to be caught up in it. It, it could have been, that's the whole thing that's so frustrating about this topic, is that it could have been any player, anybody. Like, what, what if it was Eli Manning? What if it was, what if it was Troy Aikman? What, what if it was... Brett Favre. What if it was, I don't know, Barry Sanders? It could have been anybody. But that's the it point. It's not. It's this guy who always seems to be in the way. But that's the whole thing. It's not that he was in his way. He had an encounter with someone and someone else said something about it. And they, and this, but that's what gossip blogs are about. People saying things that they do in private. Now, the part of being famous is that that's kind of part of the game. It's going to happen. If you're famous, it's almost like an unspoken contract that you kind of sort of got to share your life with the public unless you know how to guide through properly. And that's what most players are most, like I said, even guys that don't matter, like no one know who Daniel House was a couple of days ago, but now they kind of know him as a guy who was in the bubble. Who had, exactly. Who, oh, right. And, but, but no one knows who he is, but it's just that this happened and, and a world fueled by social media doesn't take much for you to be famous. Right, like but, just how, but, just, but, just, but just like the NFL has, uh, uh, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? They have programs where they teach mm-hmm. these guys how to manage their money. Mm-hmm. Because we all know that these athletes and especially the young ones, mm-hmm. you know, they, they take these, they, they, these, this money that they've never seen in their lives. Mm-hmm. And they just blow it. And by the time they retire, they're broke. Okay. So the NFL does have programs in place. And I think all leagues should. To assist these guys and teach them how to save, how to invest, how to hold on to their money. Why -hmm. don't they have programs to also teach them how to move out here? You know what I'm saying? How to stay out of trouble. Because they're in the limelight. They're they're being watched 24 hours a day. Whatever you do outside is going to influence. It's going to hurt your team in some way or another. Like the house situation. He gets called, he got a lady, he gets kicked out. You know, that hurts the team. I mean, we all know the Rockets weren't going to win, weren't going to beat the Lakers anyway, but still, that's just an example. Because they can't. They got to be able to, they got to be careful out here. Yeah, but the the league can't have, but the league can't have an an NFL sponsored program on how to pimp properly. Seems ridiculous. They can't do that. No, not how to pimp properly, just how to stay, how to get out of your own way. You know, when, when, video, when videos of Ray Rice surface, but punching, knocking a girl out, that's not good for the league. You know what I'm saying? Fuck the league. It wasn't when good information, for Ray. When information comes out about Adrian Peterson whooping his kid's ass, that's not good for the league. So right, what I'm saying is, but you keep these the, guys out of trouble, the league looks better. No, no. They, then you make them slaves. Then you say, don't do anything 
that you would generally do because you don't want to upset and embarrass the league. It has nothing to do with the league. This is all, quite simply, personal choice. No one told Odell to sleep with that woman. No one told if it did or did not occur for that to happen. No one told, you know, Adrian Peterson to beat his child. Like, uh, what was the kid's name? This, this kid, Wilson, from Tennessee. He just got hit with a DUI. No one told him to get behind the wheel of that car. All of this, all of this is personal responsibility. It is up to the person to make the right choice in their life. If they make an egregious choice and if something goes horribly wrong, you know what? Maybe they learn from it. They grow from it. They become better people, better husbands, better parents, better whatever. But that doesn't matter. It still begins and ends with a choice. Odell did not have to sleep with her. He chose to. I'm pretty sure before this, I'm pretty sure he, he slept with multiple women before that we've never heard about. You know why? Because he knew better. Like, this is, I, I chose right. This is how it's going to be. This is what it is. And everything's fine. But everything, every single thing comes out to your choice. There's an action or an inaction, which is going to lead to a reaction. And we're just reacting to whatever it is. But like I said, I don't blame Odell for, ha- for doing whatever he's doing. If that's the man's kink and that's what gets him off, cool. It's not It's not my thing. I don't care. But what my problem is that people want to like, it's like say that he's a problem. Like He didn't do anything wrong. If, Like I said, if it was a DUI or something like that, then I'm going to find some fault. Like, okay, so you should have known better. You shouldn't have got, got behind the wheel. The cop pulled you over while you're sitting there drinking, and that's horribly wrong. You could have killed somebody. But this is just basically something that was private that went on between these two people. And she decided to say something, and he didn't. So it really, it really just comes down to just making better choices. It's not saying that you know you need a program, something else like that. Maybe you might need a mentor or someone that can guide you to make better choices, or someone that can like talk you through it. But again, in the end, no matter what, the choice and decision still belongs to you. If you make a bad one, maybe you can recover from it, but you, you got to do something about it. So I'm not going to fault Odell for doing something like this. The man, the man likes poop. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I don't care if he does. It does not. It doesn't matter because that's not my choice. It's his. And that's how you feel comfortable with his life and living it. You can go ahead and do so. But I'm not going to fault him because someone decided to talk about it because it's a private matter. It's kind of popped up that way. But in reality, you are you are a collection of the choices that you make and that decides what kind of man you are. And I'm not saying that he's a bad man. I'm not saying that he made a bad choice. He just might have chose a bad partner. All right, well, I still feel like these these athletes should take a, a page out of Derek Jeter's book. But let's move on to the to the real topic because the theme of this episode is going to be it's culture, culture appropriation. And I know you feel very passionate about this next topic. So I'm just going to explain it a little bit to our listeners and then I'm going to let you go in on it. And what I'm what I'm talking about is Jessica Krug. She was a professor at the George Washington University. <clears throat> she recently resigned. Uh, you know, she published uh, she made she published an essay on September 3rd in which she admitted to masquerading as North American, African American, and quote, Caribbean rooted Bronx blackness throughout her adult life. She says she actually and she's actually white Jewish and she's from Kansas. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So she can't be <laughs> and uh, one student at the university that used to work with Krug or that was in a class with Krug said she used to front as an Afro Latina woman from the Bronx. Uh, you know, they announced that she was no longer teaching at, the, for, you know, and she apologized for what she called continued appropriation of a black Caribbean identity saying she was wrong, unethical, immoral, anti-black, and colonial. And then she quoted as saying, I am not a culture vulture. I am a culture leech. <laughs> you can't make this up, man. I mean, I, I told you about it, and I said, I said, just read about it. The story's wild. Yeah. She did this. I can see if she pulled it off, like, she just all of a sudden just switched races all of a sudden, and they just called herself Afro-Latina. And, and really kept that wave going all of this time. And I'm like, <sighs> I, the frustrating part is that there's two really frustrating parts when I, when I read through the entire thing. 
I'm going to lead off with the less of the two. As a researcher, from what I read about and what I heard about her, she was really, she was really good. She was really onto something about, you know, the Afro-Caribbean community. That was her special. And about slavery. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, like I said, she, she's written a few things. And like I said, and they they were no joke, legit, sourced, reviewed pieces of literature that were very impactful and, and you know, important to the culture. It, it really, really was. It's like, um, you have the ability and the talent to do so, but then all of a sudden, you decide to go and do this and become a completely different person, which seems patently ridiculous, which, which brings me back to the most frustrating part about this all. Because she decided to hide behind a white, hide her whiteness behind um, a, literally a different race. It's frustrating because, like I said, her ability as a researcher into African-American history and slavery and so on and so forth, she would have been just fine. She could have did it as a white person. We've been so appreciative. Like, you know what? She gets it. She understands. She's cool. She, she's a part of this. She's, she's, part of the, she's trying to be part of the culture. But the fact that she went a bit too far well, let's say a bit's a lie. She went way too far in doing this because it just it deems to me to be unacceptable. Because if your specialty is that and you're doing it as an allegedly a minority, you know, you took away a position at a university that a minority could have had. I'm not saying that she wasn't excellent at her job. Apparently, from her, her peer review research, she was. But just the fact that, you know, other people could have had that position that were really, you know, from the Bronx or were Afro-Latino or Afro-Cuban and have those lived in experiences and know that life and know that culture. And for you to just go ahead and jump out the window and say, no, I'm going to do it this way. And like I said, when the people that were speaking about her saying that, you know, she was too aggressive about, you know, you know, or being too militant about things. And I, I personally just don't trust people that are extremely too militant about anything. So she was of the mind, like, if you weren't really down with, you know, anything that she was down with, anything regarding, you know, Latinx people or Afro-Caribbean people, then you were basically a sellout or you were a Tom or you're not, you're not really down to something else like that. When she wasn't down, which is a ridiculous part, like, yo, ass ain't down from the very beginning. You've been pulling this fraud forever, forever, ever, ever. And all of a sudden you're going to tell other people, I'm going to tell people of color that they're not, you know, you know of Lat- Latino enough or black enough or something else like that. Man, the balls in this lady, man. That, that's 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 genuine insanity. Like, like I said, she mentioned something about you know she needs to take to, away time for her mental health, and I and I'm an advocate for mental health, but I don't think that you were suffering from any kind of mental health or identity crisis because you kept rolling around this fraud, and you didn't break down at any time. I think she just kind of got to the point where she got caught, and it's better to confess the crime before they like pull you down for it. So this is just one of those situations. She wasn't special. She just, you know, out Dolezal Rachel Dolezal. So I, I'm almost ashamed to give her credit for it. I mean, that's a hell of a scam to pull off all this time and no one really noticed it because even when you look at her, nothing about her looks. She got a, she had a little tan, but that's about it. She yeah. probably, she's so she white. Put, she can take an Ancestry.com test and they won't find a, 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 a percentage of any Afro-Latina in her. It, it'll be way down the line if, if, if it's there at all. The whole thing is like, yo, I mean, I mean, she pulled off the scam for a long time and no one really caught on to her. And she was doing good work. I mean, you could have did the same good work as a white woman. I don't know why you had to put on like, like, like menstrual show blackface to people to get this accomplished. Like your ability speaks for itself. This, everything that she did in regards to that was unnecessary Dangerous, but what was disrespectful? The, but that begs my question: Is what was the point? What did she get out of it? Is she in an all-black school and she figured, let me fit in, let me be cool by you know by <sighs> perpetrating to be somebody I'm not? Like what, what? What does she get out of it? What's the point? I don't know because George Washington ain't an all-black school; it, it's just a university. But that's what I'm saying. It's HBCU. You know, obviously it's, she's specializing in African and Latino studies, but. What is posing as an Afro-Latino going to do? Like, you could still be a white woman and, and teach the subject. Because 
white people want to be everything in the world. They want to be black, but don't want to be black. And that's, that shit is super frustrating. <laughs> like, like and that, that's the whole thing. Historically, people of color were mocked for their noses, their lips, and let's say their rear ends. Yeah. Now, you know, white people decided to jump on the train. Now they want lip fillers and, and ass shots. And we don't complain one time. And like I said, you guys run around pale skin. We're not. We're we are not sitting inside of an like an oven for thirty five minutes to get our skin nice and brown. But you're trying to. But why? It, it, it makes you look a little bit more like us. I'm not saying that you do. You actually, kind of look like you know a burnt piece of toast. But you try. But none of that matters. You do a lot. And like I said, the, the problem with cultural appropriation that people take the shit too far. They really do. Like. I'd rather you just appreciate it and show acknowledgement like, you know, you guys are great at what you do. We appreciate it. You know, they, they never want to appreciate the culture. They always want to steal, rape, pillage, and plunder from it. That's there's a, the frustrating part about it. There's an old funny saying that goes, uh, white people want to be black until shit gets real. <laughs> everybody, everybody, how did how did Dave, Dave Schwell or... Uh, it might have been Chappelle who said that. Everybody want to be inward until they, until they want to be inward. Right, that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> when being in that situation, and that's the thing, I, they went all. You know what it is because we in, we influences America so much. Our sense of cool, our sense of fashion, our style, our speak, our language, everything. They want all the good stuff, but don't want any of the bad stuff. Like you know that you know you guys love rap music and you uh, adore and appreciate the, these artists, but that this music comes from pain. Like, this is a way out of poverty for me. Like, if I don't get on, I might have to be out here doing God knows what to make it for my family. If I don't get this solved, you know, we, we live in poverty forever. If I don't get this resolved, you know, I may end up dead. No, but are, are, you, are you here as a bop? You hear the music and you think that's the great part. Like, no, it's, it's a bit more than that. Like, stop stop trying to steal our cool and not, not recognize where it came from. Stop trying to understand our clothing, our language, our style, our taste, our attitude. And not understanding that this comes from a place of pain, like we hurt, and this is this is a reflection of that hurt. We just happen to find a creative outlet for, because the other outlets, ah, you probably wouldn't want those. So, like I said, with her, like just just taking advantage of the culture. And like I said, it's more in the sense that she's kind of doing like culture cosplay, like she's kind of doing an accent and kind of doing the hair, right, and kind of doing the voice and the the tones and act and like. Like accent and so on and so forth, but if you know and you knew people like that, like I right, man, like she's saying that and doing that, but this is the costume. You know she's not real, and I, I just, I'm just kind of feeling why it took everyone so long to figure that out because she, she just didn't seem like it. We used to joke back in the day about J Lo, uh, you know, when she was dating Diddy and they dated for a little bit. And, you know, she was making the hip-hop songs, and all of a sudden she was part of the culture, you know what I mean? She was wearing do-rags on her head, like, oh, snap. Her, you know, J-Lo, until she got real the one time at the nightclub, there was a shootout. That was too real for her. She breaks up with dude, and then her very next boyfriend was Ben Affleck, who was, you know, the total opposite of what she was just involved in. You know what I'm saying? It's like she ran the other way. <laughs> Sure, but but the, the reason I always kind of give J Lo a partial pass is because, you know, she did grow up in the Bronx, right? And that was her. Like I could see if she was like some chick that was from, some let's say let's say she was I, I don't know a Spanish girl from Kansas, who happened to move to New York City and happened to know how to dance. Like I said, I kind of sort of give her a pass because, like I said, that was that was her era, her her, her nature, her people. Like I said, it, it wasn't like she wasn't from New York. She was from that portion. She knew where she was from, and she dated someone who happened to kind of go that way. But I get what you're saying, because all of a sudden, she goes from one switch of wardrobe to, like, do-rags, Tims, and tank tops. Like, wait. Wait. And then goes the complete opposite extreme after that. To roll with Ben. Right. And, and, And somehow she finds a happy medium by ending up with Alex. Yeah. But she hasn't dated a black guy since. No, no, she didn't. But I mean, I, I don't really fault her for not doing so. I just, I don't really fault her for who she dated or anything else today. I know, honestly, I, I don't care because she's always been represented representative of her culture. She's she's always put 
Latino people up front as often as possible. Anytime there's a show or something else like that, it's, it's always she always involves you know the colors of a particular nation in her stage show or in her clothing or something. Else. She's always aware of something else like that. She always makes it very clear, like I am Latino, I am a Latino American, I'm I'm a part of this country, but this is my culture and I'm going to celebrate it. Now, a lot of people do that, and like I said, she she's not dismissing a culture or she's not appropriating it because she's a part of it, and. Like I said, I'm not an arbiter to say that she should or should not be allowed inside of it or not. I, she has every credential that you can ask for. She she's, she's born in a primarily Hispanic neighborhood. She's never given back on her Hispanic roots. Now I know I don't even give, give a damn about that. She married a Hispanic man. That doesn't matter to me. The fact is that she's always been a part of her culture. She's never turned her back on it. I'm not a, not expecting her to do so in the future. The problem with this woman is that she never had an established culture. But she just decided to just be able, because of her whiteness, to be able to pick and choose one out of the blue and ride with it for a very long time, untouched until someone was able to figure out how this went through. As a matter of fact, here's another part of the story. You want to know how she got figured out? Did she admit it in an essay that she wrote? She admitted it in an essay that she wrote. But there was another professor that was at George Washington who who said himself that he was Afro-Latino. That he changes it into like something Korea, I think GH Korea or something like that. Okay. He passed away, right? But he was legitimate. And what happened? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. His family came forward and said his name is the last name isn't Korea. His last name is Carol. As a matter of fact, he's not he's not Afro Latino. He's black. He's from DC. Okay. And he fronted all of this time that he was Hispanic. But again, he was a well known writer, very specific about the culture, helpful towards it. But once that happened, some of the people at the university tried. They, they, I guess they, they felt something was off about her. So they were like, "Well, I wonder. Uh, I, mm, is she? Hi. Huh. And they probably did their research, and it probably wasn't hard to find because, like, like you said, Jessica Krug is not a name that you're going to find very common in." any Hispanic household at all. Unless unless their name was something before it and maybe the the parent or the, the step parent or maybe if the J maybe change. if the J was a Y and it was Jessica. <laughs> right. But even Krug I mean Krug sounds Uber German. Yeah. Uber Duber Duber German, right? So like this there's something about her name and the way she her mannerisms and her attitude and everything else like that. It just set off these signals around people like Something, something's amiss about this. And it's so obvious, just looking at her name, something's amiss. So it probably pretty much came down to the that someone found her out, but once they were able to find, find her out, she just kind of just, you know, spilled the beans to kind of save her own tail, but still didn't make any difference in the end. But that's what it kind of comes down to. It started off dealing with a guy who faked his own ethnicity as a black man to say that he was Afro-Caribbean. It, it's, it's stuff like that that's irritating, like, don't appropriate other people's culture when you have no right to, even if you do good things for it. Because like I said, he was a terrific writer in his regards. He did wrote amazing pieces in regards to the Afro-Latino community. Yeah. She did a great job in her scholarly research for, for Afro-Latino, Afro-Cuban people as well. But the thing is that you can do that inside of your own skin. Or, or do you feel that the only way that you can succeed or go forward in this world is that you have to code switch, that you have to change your race because black or whatever is looked upon in disdain, I would say more so for him because she really didn't have to change being a white lady. She could have kept on doing that. He just decided to be different for some reason, which God only knows. Yeah, she gets, she definitely gets the jackass of the week. You know, no. Jessica Krug. Oh, the, oh, she might get, she might get a year. We only got four more months left. We only got a couple more months. jackass for the remainder of the year? And, and she, she got, unless my top, but she got three more months. She, she she she's holding the belt right now. Somebody could take it over for her. right now. It's gonna be hard belt. though. Yeah, she has the championship right now. It's gonna be hard. And it's you it's twenty twenty. Land this shit, dog. It's twenty twenty. Would you put anything past anybody right now? No, no, absolutely not. You, you know you know what to top it. It'll top it. Is like if Trump does not win election, and all of a sudden he's like, I'm not leaving the White House. Like he just <laughs> like like he like he, he just you just like I'm not paying rent no more, but I ain't moving out. You have to get the cops to come get me. That'll top it. <laughs> That's a winner right there. 
and then we'll come and talk about that here. But oh God, I hope not. Uh, I want to transition. I, I want to transition into our final topic because I think this is a prevalent topic in the culture and you know, in the African and Hispanic community that I don't think gets talked about enough. Um, and that's domestic violence within you know within the household. And this comes. I bring this up because of. I mean, you. you I don't know if you watched the show, but. There was a recent episode of Marriage Boot Camp. And Tahiri, of course, she was on there. And she's on there with Vado, who I didn't even know they were dating until I saw this episode. And this whole time that they're there, you know, she's degrading him and she's putting hands on him and she's throwing stuff at him. She hit him in the face with an apple. And she. And eventually, during one of the sit-downs with the counselors, and she's talking shit to him, he has enough and he grabs her by the collar. He's like, bitch, I'll kill you. You know what I mean? And he grabs her by the throat or whatever it is. He gets kicked out. He gets kicked out of the house. And then she does an interview recently where she discusses that. And then she starts throwing... Joe Budden under the bus, who obviously they they previously dated for a long time on and off. She says that he was abusive to her while they were dated. And, you know, Joe Budden went on his podcast and he he ripped into her. You know, he went on a rant. I I heard like half hour of it, but it, I think it was longer than that. When he's just going at her. And his quote was. Joe Budden said, and I quote, Joe Budden does not support domestic abuse at all. I also do not support the demonization of black women. We were toxic, you included. We separated and I sought help. Now, we all know that Joe Budden has a history of domestic abuse or domestic violence. He's rapped about this in some of his songs. He's admitted to it in some of his songs. You know, he's admitted to putting hands on females. Um, his baby mama recently came out, Sin Santana. She did a... a well, she didn't do an interview, but it was a leaked phone conversation that she had sent to a friend who she thought she trusted. And she put it out where she's saying how, you know, Joe Budden used to put hands on her. And I think she was quoted as saying that, you know, he dragged her one time. Um, I think he denied that as well. But what I'm saying is, obviously, there's an issue here. There's a problem here. And before I tell you. What issue I have with this whole thing? You you tell me your take on it. About what? Got to be more specific. For example, and I'm going to prefix this by saying I in no way, shape, or form condone putting your hands on women at all. I've never personally ever put my hands on a woman. I never will. But when you're when I'm watching this show, and these are supposed to be counselors, right? These are there's a judge on there. I forget her name. The judge. She's a famous judge lady. And they have, you know, marriage counselors and they're on there. Vado gets kicked out of the show for putting his hands on Tahiri. Now, one time, do they have a conversation with Tahiri about her anger issues? You know, she clearly has anger management issues. I'm not saying, again, I'm not condoning. I'm not saying that what he did was right. Yes, he needs to be punished. He needs to be kicked out of the show. He needs to be whatever, reprimanded. But at, at, at what point do we hold you know, our queens somewhat accountable as well and have a conversation with them and like, hey, look, because Tahiri has a history of this. You know, it seems like every guy she, and you know, she, we know she's a clout chaser. She she goes, she's a video vixen. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. We good? We good? Okay, sorry. A little technical difficulty there. We, we good. That it, it takes a particular thing to be vulnerable to someone and to be honest with them to a degree. Not honest with them, like, you know, I don't like your cooking or uh, I don't like how this looks on you. But honestly, to a degree, like things that we, you might think would be sensitive are not. You're just telling someone the truth like, yo, you threw that apple at me. I don't understand why. I understand you might say that you were drinking or something else like that. But this has happened before. Like, what's the problem? Yo, yo can we talk about this? Because this is ridiculous. And you might put me in a position where I, I might become aggressive because I feel like I need to defend myself. Like I said, she's sitting there bullying him, berating him, and so on and so forth. All right. I get it. I understand it. 
I understand, like you say, you want to put blame upon the women for so on and so forth. My feeling is this. If you don't like what she's saying and you don't think that this works and you say like, you know, this is what I deal with all the time, that shit's on you. You ain't got to deal with it. You can leave whenever you want. If you were her, you can pack your stuff up and be out the door the very next day. If she was you, you can pack her stuff up and sit it right on outside if you want to. It's a choice. Again, it goes back to what we talked about before. This is a choice. Like, guys that hit women, I don't agree with them. I don't mess with them. I don't rock with them. If that's what you do, you go ahead and stay away from me because that's that's not my thing. That's not my bag. I don't want to be involved. But the whole thing, it really comes down to being a choice. I, like, I understand, like, if she frustrates you or she bothers you or something else like that or she gets violent with you, you still have a choice to stay and you have a choice to go. If I don't decide to stay in that, because like I say, the way you made the point to me is that this wasn't a new thing. Like she said, this is how she treats me all the time. If that's how she treats you all the time, that means you're choosing to accept it. Right. You're, you're supposed to be somebody and you can go viral. You don't need to be a part of this. And the thing about domestic violence is that it's difficult for it's difficult for me to talk about because I don't want to say anything in any way, shape or form that makes it seem like I'm anti-woman. Because I'm not. I think that if you ever put your hands on a woman, you're insane. You're crazy. You should never do that. You should probably go to jail. And I hope all the bad things in the world happen to you and only you. But I don't understand men who say things like, you know, she drove me to this point. No, she didn't. That means your ass has a lack of self-control. You made these choices and all of a sudden these are the results that come from it. You go upside ahead and you say she made me do it. She did not grab your hand and put it upside her head multiple times or put your hand around her throat and strangle her. She did not do that. You did that because you allowed it to get to that point because you refused to be whatever you felt a man is supposed to be and not accept responsibility for certain things such as this. You should never put your hands on anybody, anybody, male or female. Unless The only reason you really necessarily have to is that if it comes down to a point where you have to defend yourself because your life is in danger. Most situations, 90% of them, you can walk away from. Like, and you can, you can let the person say whatever they're going to say and call you whatever they're going to. You can walk away. You can leave. You don't have to answer the phone. You don't have to answer a text. You can block them. You can do a lot of things to remove a particular person away from your life. If you leave them there, that is a choice that you're making. Period. There's no other way around this. And what it, what it went with, with Joe or something else like that, I don't know if Joe ever did this. And I don't want to defend him because I just do not know. But like I said, everything seems to be leading towards him having that point and that this actually occurred. But I don't I don't want to judge pass judgment, not just because I like the show and I like the guy. It's just because like I just want to get something a bit more. But if he has a history of it and this comes out and he's just been abusing people and he's been violent towards women his entire career. And if this is a thing. And he should he'd be canceled and he should go. But do you agree so, that yeah. but do you agree with me that <clears throat> the counselors should also speak to the woman? First of all, because you know, if she feels like it has to get to this point where it gets violent, you like you said before, you should probably get out of the relationship. And two, yes. also control your anger, control, you know what I mean? Your emotions when you're attacking you know, when you, it makes you feel like you have to attack these guys and verbally and physically and attack these guys. In a situation like this, yes, because she has a tendency to be the aggressor and he acted aggressively. And the thing is that you tell him like you never act that way towards a woman. What is your problem? Don't ever react that way. And you have to tell her you cannot do things that provoke things like this. That and I think that's the tricky part that a lot of people deal with. They they try to put blame upon somebody else and say like someone pushed them towards it, something else to that degree. Right. And again, I, I just said, you know, it's a choice. It it is a choice. And so I don't necessarily believe that someone pro can provoke you to violence. Like I said, they can like eh, slightly nudge you towards it, but they can't provoke. They can't make you do something that's going to make you become violent unless it's like, you know, something where you have to kind of defend your life. That's a different category all to itself. But in this situation, I mean, he knew better. But he stayed with him. She knew better, but she stayed with him. Why she felt that, like, you know, her throwing stuff at him and basically call him a bum in front of national televised audience right. was a good thing? I don't know. And that doesn't do anything to help your relationship. It doesn't help your partner feel any more comfortable or secure about who they are or where they stand with you. 
So, and I bring up this topic because you know I feel like it's prevalent in our culture. I see this a lot, and I feel like women have accepted it. You know, it's 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 something that's been understood. Um, I know women that have you know get mistreated at home, but they keep it to themselves because to them that's the norm. You know what I mean? It's like okay, yeah, this is what I know, but that's what I'm saying. But they, they you know. And even Tahiri said she's just used to this. You know what I mean? She was just sitting there calm because she's just used to this. This is what happens to her in every relationship she's in. And I feel like this, this happens a lot. You know, we talked about Ray Rice punching his girl out. We would have not known about it if that video doesn't come out. Guess what happens? She stayed with him and she even married him. They're together today. You know what I'm saying? He knocked her out. She went on and married this guy. So I say that to say that, you know, they've normalized this behavior. Like, okay, you know, I pushed them. You know, Rihanna... With the whole Chris Brown. He punched her out, whatever. She, But you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure they still dated after that. She forgave him. It was cool because, yeah, I pushed him to it. He had a right to hit me. That's you know they, that's the normalization of this Ooh, of, of domestic. Yeah, yeah. That they, You know what I'm saying? They've normalized it. This is, this is the mentality that, that they've had now. Like women have made it okay for guys to mistreat them because I pushed them to that. You know what I mean? I was abusive towards him. I said some stuff. I threw something at him. He beat me up. Ah, it, it happens all the time. In our relationship, you know, that's, you know, that that's toxic and that's unhealthy. That's, that's, we need that's to do better. Problematic. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's hella problematic. Like if, like if, if, if that's what you consider love, then you got the game all messed up. Something's going horribly wrong in your life. You know, we can that go back cool. to, we can go back to Whitney and Bobby and how abusive that was. And they stayed together forever. You know, Ike and Tina, he was whooping her ass and they stayed together forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel I like, it, but it's, it's a different course of things that, like I said, I don't understand. Sometimes I don't fully understand why people stay in the positions that they do. And I don't, I don't necessarily want to be in a place to judge them. I, I'm certain that there's a reason that I, that I can't fathom because I don't see myself ever getting into a position like that or ever being in a, in a relationship where, you know, violence is on the table. No, I don't know. I mean, I think even Rihanna said recently, like, you know, she still loves Chris Brown. Like they're never going to be together, but she, she still loves him. But I mean, because it was what it was. It was a time and a part in life that she really loved this person. Something very horribly happened and she moved on. I mean, that's the healthy thing that you should do. And that's good for her. But these other situations that like you talk about with, um, so let's see, Ike and Tina, or so on and so forth, or like I said, the thing with Vado and Jahiri, it, it just it kind of comes down to like, some people just shouldn't be in relationships. Stupid as that might sound, just see, you probably shouldn't. Like some people should really need be to single, see. is what you're saying. Yeah, they gotta, I mean, they gotta yeah, fix I, themselves first. Yeah, like and and I mean, and and with that part, you gotta take as much time as you can to really get yourself right. Don't just you know just be in a relationship, but be in a relationship, or you just be in a relationship because you just want to be with somebody and you don't want to be alone, man. Like now, you you really need to take the time for yourself and get yourself together. Like and from what you're explaining about to hear, like I said, I, I don't really know much. I'm going to assume that's probably the issue with her because. He said, this is a continuing pattern of behavior in her relationships. And if you're the one that's in all these relationships, maybe, just maybe, the problem's you. Maybe. Again, we are not condoning putting your hands I, I, on women. No, I said what I said. make that clear now, man. No, no, I don't. No, I don't. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say anything about her behavior should let a man put his hands on her. I never said anything to that degree. No matter how she acts, I never once said that, you know, because you did this, he should go upside your head. I'm not saying that. I don't. I don't need to preface it or need to like condone it or you know, pull like a little extra of someone to make it clear. I'm making myself perfectly clear. The things that she goes through, and I'm not talking about this, this the pure domestic violence part. When she's saying like this has been a continuous pattern of behavior in all of my relationships, and the only common denominator in all of those relationships is you. Maybe you should work on yourself. Again. It's not to say, like, you know, because you do this, you deserve to get hit. But you need to figure out what it is about yourself that you keep putting yourself in these kind of situations where this keeps happening. It's got to be something. What that something is, I don't know. But it's something because even she said, it's continuing. It's these it's things always happen in my relationships. And that's something you might need to fix about yourself, baby girl. That's all I come down to. That being said, let's go. Let's go ahead and go watch these football games. I'm going to end it with the quote of the week. It comes from a poet and philosopher, Susie Chasm. And she said, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. So with that said, we're going to see y'all next week. 
to my wife. I love you. Peace out, man. <laughs> I'll be so surprised.